with a new episode. Hola! <laughs> um, as you guys know, we are home, but uh, who isn't, right? Yes. And don't worry, me and Diana are six feet apart. <laughs> I brought out my uh, measuring uh, tape, and I'm making sure she is not breathing on me. <laughs> <laughs> crazy i think it's hard for latinos especially you know we're such loving caring cariñosos and hugging and i know my parents you know like usually you greet them when you come into the house and they're like hi (laughs) they don't want to they don't want me to touch them or and not that i'm leaving my house but still i know it's been crazy these times are uh very different they're unique it's definitely hard being home all the time and, like, not leaving unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. I'm one of those people that, like, really needs that separation from, like, home and work. And it's, like, there was a really funny, like, um, <laughs> TikTok or whatever these kids are doing these days. And it's, like, my work is my home and my home is my work. And, you know, when I'm at home, I'm at work. And when I'm at work, I'm, I'm like, exactly. That's how I feel. <laughs> I saw it. It is so, so true. It's really hard, this no separation. I literally wake up, brush my teeth, go to a desk, go to a desk, then go to the sofa, then go from the sofa, I stay there until like 10, 11 o'clock at night, then I get up and then I go to the kitchen and I feed myself and then I go back to the sofa, then I go to my bed. Yeah. And that's my life. Yes. It sucks. But the good thing is... um. We get to hang out, at least, to do these podcasts. So, that's nice. Yeah. Which is exciting. Um, so, we're going to do kind of a little funny-ish, light-heartedness in lieu of these crazy times with a, oh, hell no, girl, during these quarantine times, and a hell yes. So, something positive and something not so positive during these times. Okay, let's, because we want to end on a positive note, we're going to start with our... Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) So, girl, what? Give me, give me a, oh, hell no, during these times. Uh, I would probably say my new coworkers I've acquired are, like, I don't know if they just think I'm, like, playing in my room, like, I'm watching, like, Netflix or, like fucking a- aim AOL chatting with my friends <laughs> on like the computer but they don't like understand that like that's how I'm working and I'll have times where my coworker aka my mom walks into my room does not knock and I'm like on the phone with a student or like talking like doing a Zoom meeting and I'm just like hello can you knock <laughs> like it just Doors do not exist in my house, and it's and a, a hell no, mama. A hell no, mama. <laughs> I know, I think it's because parents probably don't understand like what working from home looks like or even yeah. means. Yeah, all right, girl. My oh, hell no, is these video conference calls. Okay, first of all, first of all, I've been looking busted as hell. With no makeup, my chongles up, yo girl don't wear a bra, and I'm not ashamed. I'm comfortable in my home, okay? My ass is trying to work and be productive, not cute. 
So I am not all about these video conference calls. Also, I don't care how busted you look on the other end. All right? It's just, I'm not here for it. It's like too many video conference calls. And like, I don't need to know all about your life. And on these video conference calls, people all want to bring their dogs. <laughs> all right, let me, I'm so busy at work. Like, I'm trying to get through these conference calls as is. But your girl Becky over here trying to bring her dog Cody. And everybody's like, oh my God, it's so, oh my God, Becky, your dog is so cute. And then everybody brings their dogs. And then we spend half an hour with everybody's dogs. Like, no, girl, this is not I the I don't care dog. about Rufus. <laughs> this is not the dog show okay we need to get to this meeting and be out without having to sit looking at everybody's chongos and like crusty old faces because we ain't you know trying to be cute during this time which is fine and it's cool but like i I can't with the video conference calls yeah and the dogs and also if any of you guys are like doing fucking work and full on like jeans you got makeup on you got like real clothes on like what kind of human are you (laughs) like just we're sitting at home like i don't know i find it so hard to like dress up when i know i'm not going anywhere and most of the time nobody's gonna see me and i know you guys are like you don't have to put your video camera on yeah i get it i know i don't but when it's like three people talking and you're the only one with a black screen it's just awkward yeah also for me specifically I lead most of my calls, so, like, I'm the person talking the most. I don't want to be the one person who has the black screen on, not showing my dog Cody. Also, I don't have a dog. And you know what? I love dogs. I'm not knocking them. It's just, like, honestly, I'm not even making time to, like, video conference my mama and my grandma. I sure as hell don't have time to watch your dog. I'm just saying. Yeah. Priorities. Yep. So that is an L hail no for me during these times. It's another oh hail no for you. Another one? Do you have any others? Um, let's see. I don't think I do actually. I mean, no, that's not true. I do have a lot of oh hell no's. Um I think the structure and routine that like I was I think we're all used to, which is like going to work and um, you know, having a place of work just like your normal routine you know that you eat if you eat breakfast at your desk or like all of that your schedule your routine you're on every day is just mine completely has gone to shit like my sleeping schedule is out of whack like I wake up early or like I'm staying up really fucking late Or I'm just not eating at the times I was used to eating. Like, I'm not eating breakfast. I'm having, like, one, maybe two meals a day instead of, like, three, which I was used to having. And also trying to find time to, like, be physically active. Like, all of that has gone out the motherfucking door. And, like, yeah, that has been an oh, hell no. Because my life is a damn disaster. In terms of my daily routine, it's just all over the place. I 100% echo that. I feel the exact same way. You know what my oh hell no is? Not that it... Listen, 
and mind you, Elvia and I know how serious the situation is, and we're not like downplaying any of it. And we are grateful and we are blessed that we have jobs, that we still get to make money, that we still get to pay bills. Like, we totally understand, especially like Latinos dealing with a lot of what they're dealing with are losing jobs, especially in like service based um, areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me just tell you. My job is so motherfucking busy right now. Your girl can't breathe. Okay? I can't even breathe. I can't even take a hot second just to stop. And, like, I'm, like, running into my kitchen, like, grabbing chips or whatever's accessible to me. And then, like, running back to my desk because I have only five minutes between calls. And I just don't like that. I'm, like, excessively working. And I, it's a little bit frustrating for me because, you know my industry they're like oh you should be so happy it's so busy and I really think that like that's not the case like busy doesn't equal productive like we just busy Mm -hmm. just to be busy so that you can show you know the bosses like look at see my team is working so much and I can't seem to find time for myself at all yeah so yeah it's an absolutely hell no for me on not finding time yeah it's too much Elvia, I like, we talked about an oh hell no. I don't know if it's an oh hell no, but dating during this time. Yes. It's just unique, you know, like, when you're a single person, like, how do you meet anybody during this time? (laughs) And, like, even if you met somebody that was cool, like, on a dating app, are you going to FaceTime them, date? Like, I don't know, how do you... I mean, it's it's like a double-edged sword because at the same time, you could really spend time like really getting to know somebody. And if that person's really into you, they're going to put in that effort, mm-hmm. right? But then at the same time, if you like, if part of your connection is being able to, you know, have a physical connection with somebody. I'm not saying, like, just sex, but I'm just saying, like, you know, being able to hold hands or, like, having your first kiss or, I don't know, just cuddling, whatever it is for you, um, or just being, like, intimate with them. It's kind of hard to do that, like, over the phone. So, and, like, if y'all have any tips or recommendations, <laughs> your girl is open to taking them. I just think, like, are all these people getting catfished again? Because, like, that's the premise of catfish, right? Like, all you do is talk and date online yeah. for years and years, and they fall in love, and then they end up finding out that that person didn't really who they said they was online. Yeah. So are more people getting catfished? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's... <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. We're going to end this on some, oh, hell yeah. So positive things that have come out of this um, crazy wild time. What are some of your, oh, hell yes, girl? I'm going to say mine. So uh, this week I gained a sister. And Aww. no, my parents are not expecting a baby. Because <laughs> that would be weird. Um, but my brother. And it's actually, not that Elvia got married. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that either. Um, it would, my brother actually got married this week and I'm really excited for him and his new boo, his new wifey. Um, I'm excited to have a sister and I'm just really 
happy for their like life together and that they're gonna have really cute Ecuadorian Natala babies in five years. In five years, like my mom told them, she said, in five years you're gonna have two babies. <laughs> you know, and I'm really excited for that. And you know, one day they'll have like a big wedding. But obviously right now is not the time, but I'm really looking forward to that one day. And yeah, I'm just really happy for them. And I'm excited to have, you know, a new person in our life and to have like our family expand. Now I have a bunch of family and people like all meet in Italy. And it'll be really exciting when that happens. Oh my God, it's going to be such a great wedding and some bomb ass food. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, well, congratulations to Richie. Yes. We're so happy for you. That's so exciting. That is definitely a huge highlight yes. during these not-so-glamorous times. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say my oh, hail yes um, is saving money, honey. <laughs> I mean, I am such a big spender, and I can just so easily just go to Target, go to CVS, I don't know, stop at the store, I just, I know, it's a terrible habit, and just, like, spend money, but when you literally have nothing to spend money on, and you're not going anywhere, um, and it's, like, if I did online shopping, it was, like, for clothes, Mm -hmm. so I have no online shopping to do, because Mm -hmm. I have no clothes that I need to buy, Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm happy that I get to save money, and I'm trying to put that money towards either paying off debts or putting it into my ally savings account. And that's, that's great. Yeah. I, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I can't go out, so I'm not really spending much either. I mean, I guess technically we're all saving if you're fortunate no. to be able to you still, know, have a job. still have a job and all those things so yeah and i think great it's a great segue into our next guest yes it's all about money honey and uh we are bringing on janice from yo quiero dinero podcast which we are so excited to have to talk all about 401k yeah 401ks so i know for me i it's it's just it's It'll be good for you to have these tips when everybody returns back to normal. Um, but even for now, kind of where where that money should go. Just for you to be cognizant of, you know? Yeah. Or even just learning about how, um, you know, whether you are or aren't, how where you can plan to strive for in the future when your earnings are where you want them to be um, and how to invest in your future future mm-hmm. when you old and wrinkly and you know you just want to retire in front of the ocean and you know live your life that way and not be like 90 when you retire yeah like because we didn't save our money or put it invest it yeah. properly like i want to be perreando sola in my <laughs> retirement you know <laughs> oh my god that is a great way to end this we might have to drop in some uh bad bunny into this yes. episode as we yes. transition out so we're so excited to have janice on 
Um, and without further ado, Yo perreo sola. Amigas, we made it to the final episode of season one. Burr, 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 burr. Can you believe it? Yes, we are wrapping up our first season, and we are so, so, so grateful for all the incredible guests we've had so far who have joined us and our amigahood to share their stories, knowledge, and advice about how to live your best life. I hope you guys are taking notes, applying these tips, and truly living out your most informed and best life. Season two will be back in August 2020, and we are excited about the guests to come, so be sure to stay tuned. In this episode, we definitely saved the best for last. She was officially our first guest of the season that we held off due to COVID and everything surrounding what was happening. But now that the economy's picking back up, we figured this would be a great time to talk all about dinero, 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 specifically 401k. You heard me. On this episode, you will hear the incredible, intelligent, multi-dimensional mujer, Janice Torres Rodriguez. This badass woman does it all. She is the definition of a hustler entrepreneur. She is a quality engineer by day for the world's largest healthcare company and food blogger, photographer, writer, business owner, podcaster, Zumba instructor, and financial nerd by night. Woof! Really, true hustler. She is the founder and CEO of Delicious Delights, a food blog that specializes in Puerto Rican and Latin-inspired recipes. She is a self-taught cook, website designer, photographer, writer, and blogger. Over time, she's become an expert on topics like running a successful internet-based business, investing with a purpose, and generating sustainable generational wealth. Yes, girl. Now she's sharing her entrepreneurial and financial knowledge through a podcast called Yo Quiero Dinero. She is passionate about educating women, and especially Latinas, about the powerful ways that money can be used to manifest the life of your dreams, build a multi-generational legacy, and secure financial freedom and independence. Oh my gosh, this mujer is everything. Not only is she so damn intelligent and just resourceful and badass and hustle, 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 She's so much fun. She's hilarious. You got to follow her on at Yo Quiero Dinero Podcast IG. And we are so, so, so excited to have started and ended the season with Miss Janice Torres Rodriguez from Yo Quiero Dinero. Let's jump into the podcast. Janice, thank you so, so much for coming on our podcast. We so appreciate it. And we are so excited to have you on to talk all things dinero and then some. Thank you for having me. This is like such a full circle moment because, I mean, obviously you were on my podcast. So thank you. I'm just honored to be here. Yes, we really appreciate it. And, you know, we love watching you. And I, I think it's so cool that we've become fast IG friends and I've said this and Elvia says it too how much we love your Instagram (laughs) story thank you 
I'll be doing, girl. I'm a hot mess, yo. Like, I feel right now, it's like my coping mechanism because Instagram is cheaper than going to a therapist right now. So that's just what I'm doing. Hell yeah. (laughs) And you know, Elvie and I were supposed to be in in Dominican Republic right now. We already Uh, had this planned trip. Actually, it would have just ended today. Yeah, we would have been coming back tanned and you know maybe i would have had a husband <laughs> who knows and maybe you'd have the coronavirus so you know <laughs> that too girl that too <laughs> all types of souvenirs <laughs> but i was saying i'm like i'm like i really want to meet janice in person i'm like next next time if we do fly out I was like, let's just stop in Florida and like hang out with her. Well, you know what? I've never actually been to LA, which I, it's just embarrassing because I feel like I go everywhere, but it's just one of those places that I have not gotten on my bucket list yet. So I have to go. Yes. yes. Whenever you want. Yes. Yeah. Tienes casa. Thank <laughs> that's you. So, that's such something your mom and dad would say, how siempre tienes casa. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. The feeling is mutual. all right so let's jump right in so we definitely told the people a little bit about you but I want to make sure they get to hear it directly from you so do you mind just telling us a little bit about your background what you currently do and really what led you to creating a platform all about dinero in the Latino community absolutely so I want to just preface all of this conversation by saying that I am not a professional financial like trained expert. I am not a CPA, like I'm not a financial planner. I don't do any of that stuff. So my entire goal for my podcast was to just literally share why finance is important because I realized that I didn't have that education and I had to basically teach myself. So, you know, with with the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, first off that that was my goal. I just want to provide a platform, especially for women that look like us, because there's plenty of people mm-hmm. out there that are dishing all types of financial advice and they're old and white and that has nothing to do with me. So yeah. I'm like, why can't someone that looks and sounds like me like dish out the same advice? Because it's out there. So if nobody else is doing it, then I'm going to do it. And that's just my personality. So, you know, if I see like that, I'm interested in a subject and there's really not somebody that's fulfilling my need for it. I will be that person. And that's uh, the same way that I ended up creating a food blog. So just to reverse a little bit, because I do a lot, but Mm -hmm. my day job, I'm actually an engineer by training. Um, I've been doing that for about 13 years now. And um, I was a kid that was always curious. So science was my favorite subject in school. I always knew I was going to do something related to science. Of course, my Hispanic parents they're like you have to become a doctor because hello like that's what you do so (laughs) you know you gotta do lift up the familia right so I went to school originally as a pre-med student and in my junior year of uh, college because I had gotten a full ride to school but my scholarship required that I could not get more than two C's in order to keep my scholarship So I was in junior year, I took a physics class, and I got my third C, and I lost my scholarship. And so that was like a a moment for me where I had to be like, okay, am I still going to go to med school? Because not only now I'm going to be responsible for paying the rest of my college, but then I'm going to take, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to medical school. Is this even what I really want to do? And I decided Mm -hmm. that it wasn't. So Mm -hmm. I finished out my degree 
I got a degree in biology and chemistry. And I was like, I'm going to go to work because these student loans, they're not playing. Like, they need to get paid. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. need to work. So I started working in the biotech field right out of school. And I just worked my way up through a very male, a very white industry. I was usually the only Latina, you know, the only female engineer in a lot of the places that I worked. And, you know, while I... I'm grateful for the opportunities that my career has given me, especially from a financial standpoint, because, you know, anybody knows that a career in STEM is pretty stable and pretty well paid. But, you you know, I had to get a graduate degree because that's just an expectation for somebody in that field. So I actually ended up getting my uh, master's degree while I was working and all of that, you know, added some more debt. But the way that I saw it is it was an investment in my future. And it was kind of just like the industry standard, right? Like if you want to be a social worker, you have to have a master's. If you want to be a teacher, you have to have so much so education. That's just what it is. Um, But after I would say about around the age of 25, 26, I was just like, yo, like this is not it. I just, I was going through like a quarter life crisis and I just wanted to do something that I actually was passionate about. So I actually have always been into cooking. I've always loved being in the kitchen. And I think that also ties into just my, I'm very, you know, curious and I love to create. I just like understanding how things work. And so cooking for me is kind of an art form. And then I was, you know, thinking about like, how can I kind of do something with food, but I don't want to work in a restaurant, you know, like that's not going to pay the bills. That's just going to have me working like 16, 18 hour days. And for what? So um, in 2014, early 2014, I walked into work one day. I had a meeting with HR scheduled at like 9 o'clock in the morning. And I already knew what was going to happen. I got pulled into an office. I was told that my position was eliminated. And I had 30 minutes to grab my things and go home. And I was shook. Like, but, you know, what are you going to do? I, I... I think I, I drove home the whole time. Like it took me like two and a half hours to get home. Cause it happened to be a snowstorm too. It was just like the worst day ever. Mm-hmm. And I got home and I'm just like, yo, I can't believe this happened, but I fucking hated this job. So like, this is the <laughs> best thing that could actually happen to me because now I have yeah. time to actually do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I was going to go to take some classes at a culinary school and you know, start taking some time to explore my passions. And that's exactly what I did. And I learned about food photography. I learned about how to create a blog. I created, I I took classes on like, just, you know, refining my um, food styling skills and things like that. And I ended up starting a food blog called delishdelights.com. And Mm -hmm. that changed my life, honestly. It became something that gave me a creative outlet you know I'm still working full-time and I still have desires to work for myself one day but this platform that I was able to create out of you know uh, a shocking moment of my life it was able to provide me with a creative outlet to you know pursue my passion so that blog has taken off it's pretty much replaced like almost half of my income at this point so I'm just trying to build it to the point where I can just quit my full-time job and do this um and it's been amazing so and then I created a podcast because 
you know, after I feel like I've learned a lot when it comes to blogging, I, I have satisfied that need for, you know, that side of my creativity, I felt like, you know, money is something that really dictates what we do with our lives, right? We mm-hmm. pick careers based on how much money we think we're going to make. We pick, we make so many decisions around it, but like nobody understands what the hell it does or what it can do for you or how to use it. And so that's where I, you know, just decided there's a need that I need to fill. So I'm going to create this podcast. Why? Because I started listening to a ton of podcasts and I couldn't find anybody that sounded like me. And I'm like, well, I guess this is another situation where if I don't see somebody doing something that makes sense for me, then I'm going to be the one to do it. And that's that's just a tidbit about myself. <laughs> wow. Girl, girl, what, el- what else do you do? Girl, okay. You feel like I don't know. Our next question is growing up Latina. Did you learn about money at home? And when and what was your first money lesson? Oh, girl, this is such a heavy subject. Okay. So my parents, they came to the mainland U.S. from Puerto Rico in 1982, and they moved to New Jersey, and that's where I was born and raised. So I'm the oldest of two. My mom is a secretary. My dad is a computer programmer, and they both just, you know, finished high school, and that was it. Um, My dad actually got his education because he served in the Navy, so he was an aircraft uh, pilot uh, and, and an engineer when he was in the Navy. So he learned how to work on computers, just literally working on the airplanes. And they struggled a lot when I was young. They actually ended up filing for bankruptcy due to credit card debt. And at one point when I was really, really young, they applied for food stamps because my dad was actually fired from a manufacturing job. Like he got injured on the job and his boss, instead of paying him like, you know, workers comp, he just fired him. And, Mm. you know, my parents were like, they didn't know any better. They didn't have money for lawyers, none of that stuff. So, you know, right. And this happened right before the holidays. My mom was a stay at home mom. So, you know, she goes down to the, uh, you know, the WIC office or the food stamp office and they offer her like $50. And she's just like, you know what? I'm just not, I'm just not doing this. We got to figure it out. So they just basically decided that failure was not an option. They were not going to go back to Puerto Rico and they were going to do whatever they had to do to make it work. My mother actually taught herself English by watching Sesame Street with me. She didn't know. Yes, girl. Yes. Okay. Um, And eventually she taught herself enough English to actually go out and start working. And they have been busting their asses their whole lives. But we never went hungry. We always had Christmas. Like my you know, Christmas day was always full of gifts. My childhood is full of memories of family parties and dancing and music and happiness. I never lacked for anything. So I'm just like eternally grateful for the amount of struggle that they went through to just shelter me and my sister from any of that. And um, actually, you know, as things progressed, things got better. They were actually able to buy their first home when I was about 12. And I'm one of the lucky kids, you know, that got to grow up with their own room. But I always saw that money was a stressor for them. And even till this day, that is still the case. So my parents make six figures and they still live paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of that has to do with just them being stuck, like in this mentality that life is kind of happening to them instead of them kind of making more conscious decisions about where their money goes. So I've tried to help them revamp their money habits, but 
it has been impossible. So we don't really talk a lot about money these days because, you know, a lot of what they tell me is that like my advice is unrealistic because you know, by the time I was 30, I was making six figures and I don't get it because I don't have kids. Like, I don't know the struggle. And I had to undo a lot of that negative programming about money in order to get to where I was today. And it, it took me a very long time to realize that like the negative relationship I had with money was a big part of what my parents taught me. Right. Like, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a common story for a lot of us. So um, yeah, as far as my first money lesson was in college when I opened a joint bank account or a joint credit card with an out ex-boyfriend. So oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> the cheese okay. starts. Let's go. Girl. Okay. So he was in the military. So he was living overseas and we were like long distance relationshiping. And um we were just having like mad issues. And he had maxed out that card. I think it was like fifteen hundred dollars. And then we broke up. Mm. So I ended up having to pay that bill because I'm like, well, um, he's not gonna pay it and I'm not gonna ruin my credit. So that that is what it is. And let me tell you, I've been married seven years. My husband and I have been together since 2004. And we do not have joint accounts, anything. Mm-hmm. Like, because for me, that was just a lesson in like, I love you, but my money's mine and yours yeah. is yours. I don't got to love you with my money. I sure don't. I love you, but I love my money more. (laughs) Facts. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such a big money lesson because I know so many countless stories of women that like they lose their financial independence in a relationship. And then it's just like, yo, you're stuck because you're depending on this dude for money. Like I Mm -hmm. love my husband to death and I plan to be with him forever. But I know that if he starts acting crazy at some point, all I got to do is pack my shit and be out. Like, I don't need your money. I don't need anything. Like, I'm good. And I think mm-hmm. that is, like, the ultimate lesson that any woman can take home. And I think that's so good um, to really talk about for this particular audience. You know, I started Misinformed Latina and this podcast to really help young Latinas navigate adult life. And I think that's a really, really good lesson to learn. Yeah. I think naturally we get blinded by like love. young love mm-hmm. and you make these rash decisions right for them without ever thinking about the long-term consequences so whether it's a credit card or like helping co-sign on a car or whatever it is so, so i mean we're talking about like a romantic this is like anybody you should just never ever ever tie yourself to somebody else's potential poor decisions that you don't have any control over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know That is so good. And I think just to build on that a little bit, because I think it also comes from a place where I saw in my extended family, like a lot of toxic relationships where the woman was stuck. And I Mm -hmm. think that showed me like, I never want to be that woman that I'm like in a miserable relationship and I can't do anything about it because I'm completely financially dependent on a man. Mm-hmm. Girl, yeah. I can't even tell you. I we can do a whole nother podcast. Girl, another episode. I'm dealing with that, right? I mean, I'm not personal, but family like that, and it's so heartbreaking to see like somebody who literally is dependent on somebody else, and there's no way to like get out of a situation mm-hmm. with kids, and you're like, this is why women should always be completely and financially independent, so that if they need to leave, they can just leave. Yep. You know, 
Girl, yeah. so true. <laughs> well, talking about money and family and young Latinas, we named this podcast 401k because you know <laughs> that girl, this is why I started Misinformed Latina because I have I had no idea how to really navigate the space of 401ks mm-hmm. or retirement plans. So I want you, and I know that you are not a financial advisor, but in your own experience and having made really good financial decisions now, let's take a step back and walk us through like the very basics. Like if you were talking to uh, Janice's quinceanera self, how would you explain 401k? What are the things that we really, really should know about the types of retirement plans that exist and how to choose the one that's best for us, especially when you're first starting out. Okay. All right. So 401ks, the first thing to understand is that a 401k is an account, just like a bank account. It is not an investment itself. Whatever you decide to buy once you have a 401k, those are your investments. So First off, a 401k plan is a retirement account, right? That's what every job tells you when you get a job offer. Most of them offer 401ks and they're basically like, this is how we're going to help you retire. Great. There are different types of equivalent plans depending on what industry you work in. So for all intents and purposes, a 401k is usually for people that work in the private sector or for like a for-profit company, right? So like I'm sure iHeartMedia has Mm -hmm. a 401k. I get a mm-hmm. 401k through my job. Now, my mom, mm-hmm. who works as a secretary for the public education system, she has access to a 403b, which yeah, is... Yeah, that's what I got. Right. So if you work, like, for a nonprofit, sometimes, like, a public hospital organization, um, mm-hmm. sometimes even if you work for a self-employed, like, a minister that has, like, a business or mm-hmm. public education organization, you will have a 403B instead. And those mm-hmm. numbers basically just refer to different parts of the IRS tax code. So a 401k is the, the all requirements are defined in subsection 401k of the Internal Revenue Code, which is the big long ass book that the IRS creates with all the laws about taxation and how you know money can flow and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then a 457B, is also the equivalent of a 401k, but it is for state and local employees like police officers, firefighters, or other like government employees. Mm -hmm. So it's just, that's the first off. They're all the same thing. It's just depending on what industry you're in, you'll have access to different things. Mm -hmm. Now, there are two types of accounts. One is known as a traditional and one is known as a Roth. And the only thing that makes them different is how they're taxed. So with a traditional 401k, we'll talk about that for the sake of the conversation, you're adding money before you pay income taxes on it. And what that does is it lowers the amount of taxes that you pay right now today by lowering your adjusted gross income. So that number that you see on the top of your tax return every year, that number is after all of those, that money that you put into your 401k pre-tax, that's what that number is. And then when you withdraw that money after the age of 59 and a half, which is the age that you're allowed to take out the money without getting penalized, you get taxed on that money as ordinary income tax, right? So there's a benefit to doing that 
if you make a lot of money. And I'll give you an example. Me as a business owner, not only do I have a full-time job, but I have business income. All of the income that I make from my side hustle, my blog, they give me that money before I pay any taxes on it. So I'm responsible for paying taxes at the end of the year. Now, you know, let's say I make $100,000 with my regular job and then I'm adding another $50,000 that I got to pay taxes on. That's a lot of taxes that I haven't paid. That's a big Mm -hmm. tax bill that's waiting for me. Mm-hmm. So the benefit for me to put money into a traditional account is that all that money that I can shove up in there, I don't have to pay taxes on it right now. I'm kind of hiding it away from the government. And I'm like, we'll deal with this later. So it's a good thing. Not only if you you know, make a lot of money, you can kind of offset those taxes a little bit. But even if you don't, if you think that when you're older that you're going to pay less taxes because you'll just be making less money than you do now, might be a good thing to do. Okay, so that's that's a little bit of the basics for the traditional. Now, the Roth side, I love Roth accounts. I cannot tell you how much, but <laughs> this is why I'm obsessed. So Roth accounts are like, they're like fucking unicorns because they don't make sense. Like, I don't know why the government does this, but I love it. So basically what you do, you take your paycheck, after taxes, right, you can put money into your Roth account. So you're paying the taxes now. But when you go to take out the money when you're old and you ain't working no more, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. That's amazing. Why is that amazing? Who wants to pay taxes when they're old and they're probably not making as much money as they were? <laughs> right? right? Girl, mm-hmm. you need every penny you could get. Mm-hmm. And the uh, other amazing thing is that all of those earnings over... 20, 30, 40 years that you're gaining, that's not taxed either. Just think about that for a second. If you invested $10,000 in a Roth account and by the time you retire, you have a million dollars, that difference is not being taxed. Hmm. I know it really, it's incredible what Roth IRAs do. I have to admittedly say that I don't have a Roth IRA, but girl, I, I know, I know. <laughs> what, that's why I was asking you, like, where do you, where do you have yours? When you posted about your Roth IRA and like how much money you've incurred over the like two and a half years, I think you had said. Mm-hmm. And I was, and at eleven percent, I was like, oh my gosh. And I know this, like, again, this is me navigating this four hundred one k space, yeah. right? Because. No one breaks this down to you. Think about it. College didn't explain this to you, right? Yep. How did you like learn about like, okay, I need to thoroughly understand the differences between these two accounts, how they each work, how they each have their pros and cons and what's going to benefit me the most. So I know where to put my money. Honestly, a lot of my education came from Susie Orman. See, that's what I'm saying. Like you had to like, you at some point, we're like, I, I don't know shit about money. I'm going to listen to this girl. I guess she knows, right? Mm-hmm. Like, something made you do that. But think about all the young Latinas about to graduate college and get their first jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And they have, no one's explained this to them. No. Nope. Because really, just like you, I'm assuming, you said you got it from Suzyoran, which means you didn't get it from your family. I didn't. I L- didn't. So, like, this is my frustration with this space. It's like, and you're still kind of like piecing all those together, right? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing, the laws change every year. So you have to mm-hmm. continue to educate yourself, right? So it's not, it's a moving target. And I want to ask. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, 401k generally benefits people who at the higher income. So do you say when people graduate, like for young Latinas who are graduating college and entering their first careers, generally speaking, they're not going to be making a lot of money. So should they be looking at IRAs over 401ks to start? If you get a job offer that offers a 401k, you better be investing in that first off. Like that that's number one. When if you want to retire at a decent age, you need to be investing early, often and adequately, which I think a lot of people don't think about. They're just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and put 2% in my account and whatever. Like they don't even know what that means. In order for you to actually be able to retire, you need to be putting like 15 to 20% of every paycheck into these accounts. Dang, I thought it was 10. I'm putting 10 right now. I'm no, putting 11%. Girl. I'm putting Mm-mm. 11%. That's how much I'm putting right now. Is that your own money or is that including the match from your job? That is my own money. My company matches me 3%. Okay, that's still not enough. You need to be working your way up to like 20%. And oh the reason gosh, why... Is because oh, you need to take into account inflation. Mm. Our our dollars are going to be worth less as time goes on. Yeah, that's yeah. just what it is. So today's money is not going to be equivalent in buying power to what is going to be forty years from now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you also need to factor in that Social Security might not exist by the time we're old. Right. Yeah. So you're like, you know, if you want to retire and you don't want to end up working at Walmart at age of 75, like just to be able to put food on the table, that is just the reality of it. Like we need to be putting so much more money than what even like the, you know, the advice that is out there, 10, 15%, that's not realistic. It's Mm -hmm. really not. See, that's something, see that in and of itself, I didn't know. I was so, Janice, when you just said that, you know, most people just put, that was me, girl. I was totally, and I <laughs> that was admittedly too. say that. I was like, what? 401k? I'm going to put 3%. Whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I want all my money, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how I looked at it. Like, I'm like, I don't want to put money into this thing that I don't even know about. Like, no, I want to keep as much money as possible in my paycheck. Yeah. Right? right? I Because one, you have no understanding about it. And it honestly wasn't until 28, 29, like I told you, when I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I spent the last five years not contributing very much to my you know because I didn't know yeah yeah the reason why our parents did not give us this information is because our parents didn't actually have to deal with 401ks so I want to talk a little bit about the history of these accounts so that you understand how fucked up they are because they really are (laughs) okay like before, before 1980 most private sector workers had pensions And if you don't know what a pension is, it's literally when your job creates an account for you, they put money aside. When you retire, you get that money in exchange for your years of service. So a lot of the times people would work 10, 20, 30, 40 years. My aunt worked for like New York life for 40 years. She worked there from when she graduated high school at the age of 18 until she was 65. She got over a million dollars. She didn't have to put any money in. That was her gift as service, you know, for 40 plus years of service to her company. Mm-hmm. And now she's comfy. Mm-hmm. But in the early 1980s, un gringo pendejo 
<laughs> because I mean they are the root of a lot of our issues let's be honest but um, <laughs> this man he was a benefits consultant and he got hired by a bank to figure out how they could swap out their cash bonus program with something that would give them a tax benefit as an employer and maybe would like incentivize employees to also participate so they wanted to get rid of paying out cash bonuses to their employees and he came up with this now what we now know as a 401k where employees could defer compensation right so they could take some of their money and put it in an account that they wouldn't have to pay taxes on it and he was like "Mm, i don't know if people are going to be down for this because human nature is like i don't want to wait i want it now i want my money now so then he decided that he was going to be like okay i'm going to add this incentive where if you participate your job's going to give you a little bit of money. So if you say no, you're basically saying no to free money. And that revolutionized things for businesses. Why? Because they were able to eliminate pensions where they were fully responsible for the retirement and security of their employees, and they threw it on us. So now if you can't retire, it's on you, boo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. And that's yep. why we're here today. Which is such a shame. I really do think it's like you give so many years to your employer. And it's like nowadays, and I think this is why it's so different. You become so much more disposable to your company and why people, I, this is my own opinion. I'm, I'm generalizing here too. People no longer feel loyal to their companies and companies no longer feel disloyalty to their employees. 100%. Um, and it's because of this, I think it's like, well, one of many things, I guess, but yeah, it's like, you're just so disposable now. They'll find somebody else to do it for cheaper. Que no se va a quejar, and that's it. Like, bye. You or know? even better, they will hire a contractor with no benefits to do yep. the same work that you were doing with all types of benefits, health insurance and stuff that they're paying too much money for. That's the reality. It's yeah. so it's such a shame because it's like you do give years. I mean, you give 30 to 40 plus years to your company. Most of us will. Most of us will. And it's like, fuck, the least you can do (laughs) is help retire us. Like, you're welcome. Your company's going to still continue on after you retire, and it's going to continue to thrive, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. This is like the first generation of people that are relying on this new way of retiring. And I honestly believe that in the next 10 to 15, 20 years, we're going to see massive amounts of people in their 60s and 70s basically filing for bankruptcy you know they're going to have to work till they die essentially because they have been set up with a retirement system that puts all of the burden on them and then doesn't educate them on how important it is that they take ownership of that yeah it's scary so good Uh, It It is is so scary. But I think it's good that you have your platform. This is exactly why, especially like if it's scary in general, it's even worse for, I think, our community where we know very little, right? Yeah. It's like at least a lot of, I'm just going to generalize like white privilege. They have trust funds or they have like, you know, they have things set up for them to at least have something, you know, for us, most of us don't. Most nope. of us are a hundred percent entirely reliant on whatever we decide for ourselves mm-hmm. and really educating ourselves. All right. So my, our biggest takeaway with 401k is to make sure you put in as 
first of all, if your company offers it, definitely make sure you open up one and that you're contributing up to 20% or as much as you possibly no, can. No, you want to actually max that out, but we'll get into that in a second. Okay. All right. So um, I guess let's let's jump into that. Let's jump into that one and then we'll sort of sh- switch gears. But so what are those top tips that you would give to young Latinas just beginning their careers in choosing them? Okay. So to, to make sure like they know how to navigate the choices and what should they be looking out for? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned before, if your job offers a 401k or a 403b, whatever that equivalent is, you need to open that account as soon as you're eligible and make sure that you're contributing at the very least enough to get the maximum amount of your employer match. So a lot of companies will match you up to a certain percentage that you know, if you contribute 5%, maybe they'll match you dollar for dollar. Maybe they'll match you 50 cents to the dollar. Whatever that amount is, you need to match up to that because you're saying no to free money when you don't. And ideally, you should be working your way up to be able to contribute the max that you're allowed to contribute every year. So for the year 2020, you can put up to $19,500 in that account every year. And those numbers change. So it could be less next year, it could be more. But that is what you should be working your way up towards. Now, obviously, if you're making $40,000 a year, that's not realistic. But as Mm -hmm. you start getting merit increases and your salary starts increasing you don't also need to buy a new car every three years you don't need to level up your apartment you don't need that penthouse right now because Mm -hmm. that shit's not gonna pay your bills when you're retired right (laughs) so yeah Yeah. (laughs) you need to be taking that extra money that you start gaining as you progress in your career and start upping that contribution because that's an investment in your future focus on the future Okay. So I have a, okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, just a couple more things. So Mm -hmm. keep in mind that a lot of employers actually have what's called a vesting period. My employer has a vesting period of five years, which I'm about to hit in June. What that means is that any money that they have contributed to the match, if you leave before those five years, they take it back. And they do that in order to, obviously breed loyalty. They want you to stay. They're like, we're going to invest all this time and effort into you. You want free money? You need to stay or Mm -hmm. you're going to lose it. So you need to think about that when you're looking at job offers. Do you see yourself staying there for five years? If you don't, might not be worth opening up that 401k. You might want to open up an IRA instead, or you might want to choose a job that offers a 401k with a shorter vesting period. Maybe somebody's offering you one that, you know, you don't have to wait a year. And Also, some employers will make you wait up to a year before you're even eligible to open that account. So in that case, you might want to select a job offer that allows you to open it as soon as you're hired. And if you're leaving your job, you have to think about what you're going to do with that 401k. Because oftentimes, if you leave it at the old employer's administrator, you can't contribute anymore, right? Because you don't Mm -hmm. work there and all that money that comes into a 401k is through your paycheck. So obviously you're not getting a paycheck anymore. You can't contribute to that account anymore. And they usually charge higher fees to manage the account since you're not an employee anymore. So Mm -hmm. don't leave it there because it's just going to get sucked up by fees and you can't actually contribute anymore to it. So So you should roll it over to another account. Yes, absolutely. And if 
and if your employer for like example mine and I don't know if any other people my employer caps mine so I cannot contribute any more than what I am contributing now it does go up depending on how much money I make do you recommend that you open up a separate account and put in more money there as well well, you can't open up a 401k anywhere other than your employer. So if you're going to want to contribute more money to any type of retirement account, you're going to have to open an IRA and use that to funnel excess mm-hmm. funds. Yeah. I want to follow up. I want to follow up on that question. So I need to do that. So what are the steps? And I'm pretty sure that probably Elvia could. Do I actually this. do have one I need to roll over that I've had for a long time <laughs> that I haven't. Uh, like moved over because my employer I could open another uh, I don't even know what it maybe it is an IRA maybe it's a Roth uh, Roth 401k yeah, uh, with Fidelity I could open up one with Fidelity um, as well as the one I already have with my employer that's set mm-hmm. and I could roll in that money there but I I haven't done it because I don't want to even like think about <laughs> It's just like stresses me out just like thinking about it. It's so easy, girl. It's so easy. Okay. Tell me what what should I do or what should people do if they have like a a money that they need to roll over into another account? So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to pick a discount brokerage firm that you want to work with. So like you said, Fidelity, there's a million other ones. So pick the one that you want. And then they have these very easy forms that you can fill out online. They will execute the transfer for you. You just need to give them like the account number. Um, It's like seamless. You don't have Mm -hmm. to mail anything. You don't have to call nobody. You can do the whole thing online and they will Mm -hmm. open the account up with that money. They will take custody of it. It's like so simple. A little bit deeper into this um, because I find finances, money, all of that really overwhelming. And that's why I usually stray away from like, uh, yeah, that looks really good, but I don't want to listen to that right now because it's going to cause me anxiety. And then I'm gonna, you know, like I just go down this like deep hole right away. Mm-hmm. So, what advice would you give to somebody who's really overwhelmed, um, or has a lot of anxiety, or is just completely lost around this topic? And um, what are some good resources that you would recommend to help them feel more comfortable on this topic? And you could plug your podcast if you want Um, (laughs) in terms of like dealing with these feelings about it. So I am a firm believer that anxiety is just, it comes from a place of not knowing, right? It's always Mm -hmm. just about worrying about the unknown. So how Mm -hmm. do you combat anxiety? You have to confront what you're scared of. So Mm -hmm. if you're scared of money, the best thing you can do is say, I want to learn about you so that I'm not scared. And there's so many amazing resources online that it's just, it's, it's really a conscious decision if you decide to stay uninformed, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you want to level up, like go on YouTube and follow amazing women financial creators like Miss Be Helpful and Investing Latina. Like go and listen to podcasts. It doesn't have to be mine. It can be anybody that's talking about money. There's so many people talking about it. You can literally go on Google and type in 401k basics. And talk Mm -hmm. to your job's HR department. That's literally what they're there to do. They're there to serve you as an employee. If you don't understand your 401k at work, 
call HR. That's what they're mm-hmm. there for. Mm-hmm. Girl, they are so useless. I actually yeah, they are. I'm so mean, <laughs> but like, if you work in HR, we love you and appreciate, respect you. I'm not knocking <laughs> you specifically, but like, I've done this before, and I'm like, well, I'm not quite understanding. They're like, well, just you should just call. Like, they'll just say like, call your broker, like for yeah, like call Fidelity yeah, or whatever. Like, just call them. They'll 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 help you. And you're like, okay, then you're useless. I I do understand what you're saying, and yes, because the company that you work for is not actually administering the 401k. Like they're not the owners of the accounts. They work with a third mm-hmm. party like Fidelity. They can answer those detailed questions. So if if the amount of help that they can give you is just to give you a 1-800 number where you can actually talk to somebody that knows something, that's, that's more true. than that, you know? That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Oh, such good resources. This has been a really good conversation. I want to like keep talking all day long. I have so <laughs> many questions. But we'll kind of wrap this up with some of our final questions here. Um, So, you know, I started Misinformed Latina because it's like all about what I would tell my younger self knowing what I know now. By the way, I learned about money the same way you did, Janice, through a well, you said Susie Orman. I I was listening to I'm going to plug them in. I love them so much. It's Brown Ambition. It's two black women in the finance space and I literally like increased my credit understood how to do navigate my student loans I mean so understanding where to put my savings like it should never be in a big bank because it does nothing for you I learned everything about money through a podcast Mm -hmm. so I like I'm just such a big believer in the same resources that you were mentioning earlier but knowing what you know now about life in general it could be inclusive of money but it doesn't have to be just about money Um, what would you tell your 20 year old self? Don't let anybody decide what you should be doing with your life. It's your life. It's your journey. Stop worrying about what your family, your boyfriends, your teachers, your friends, whatever they think that is crazy that you're trying to do. If you're passionate about something and you're determined to do whatever you need to do to make it work, then do it. Because, you know, the funny thing is a lot of people live in the space of, like fear of failure, you need to fear regret more. You need to decide that, you know, if if you're going to prefer failure or regret, the difference is when you fail at something, you learn from it. But regret just leaves you with a shitty feeling and it really does nothing to help you. It doesn't help you learn. But when you fail, you get to pick yourself back up. You get to learn and you get to grow stronger. Oh, yeah. so good I 100% agree yes girl <laughs> that's actually the same feeling I had about misinformed and I neglected it for so long and then I was like you know what I'm gonna do this if I fail then I fail but I rather look back in my life and say I did this thing that I tried than to look back and say I can't believe I never even gave it a shot amen yeah. this is the best advice you have ever received and this could be from your tia your abuela your friends coach mentor whoever you want it to be um that you and it's advice that you still live by today so it's funny because it it took me a while to kind of identify this I don't think I had a lot of mentors growing up and I love the women of my family but they showed me more of like what I didn't want to aspire to versus what I did and Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of my my being and my essence as a woman was shaped by the sorority that I became a member of after I actually became a member after I graduated from school. 
So I'm a member of Lambda Theta Alpha Latin Sorority Incorporated, and they're actually the largest um, Latin-based sorority in the country. And becoming a member gave me an opportunity to meet like, like-minded, educated Latinas that wanted better for themselves. And it just exposed me to like a group of women that I never had growing up. They taught me so many things about how to be a leader, public speaking, like how to manage nonprofits. And it's given me such an amazing network of, of women all over the world that continue to inspire me today. So absolutely, my sorority sisters are my inspiration. And one of the lessons that I learned from one of my best friends in that sorority is that there is a difference between busyness and actually productivity. So Mm -hmm. I was the type of person that I just kept myself busy in order to not deal with my issues. And at some point I realized that, you know, I cannot distract myself anymore. I had issues with communications. I had issues with conflict resolution and those issues needed therapy and I was just distracting myself. So my the best advice I have is that you need to acknowledge what your fears are, what your limitations are, and you need to tackle them head on. If you need to go to therapy, stop being scared and just go and do it. You won't be the first. Mm -hmm. If you hate public speaking, start making YouTube videos and putting yourself out there or join Toastmasters and start doing conferences or start a podcast and just start talking. Because the, the only way that you grow is if you actually challenge yourself and you confront what your limiting beliefs are about yourself. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest like lessons I learned in my 20s is to really challenge myself and just be more uh, confident in who I am, what I know. And I think it's something that mostly clicked in like literally the last half of 2019. But um it's been one of my lessons and themes since I was like in my mid twenties that I really need to challenge myself. And like, if you fail, you fail, but at least, you know, like you tried and, you know, I think there's a sense of confidence that just comes with time too. Right. As we get older, I think we just stop giving a fuck at some point. Yeah. Like you're just not worried about judgment. Like you are when you're 18 and you need to be wearing like the Nikes and the Timberlands because everybody's going to judge you if you don't like at some age, you just get to the point where just like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Yep. I'm rocking my paley shoes. (laughs) Fuck what you say. Right. (laughs) I love what you just said. You know, it's so funny. My job right now, they're like, you guys should feel so happy that you're busy. It's good to be busy. And I, and I literally wanted to tell my boss, no, no, no. Busy does not equal productive. Facts. You don't want your employees to be busy for the sake of being busy. If this, if right now we're not busy, let's utilize this time to maybe do online courses. Let's refine some of our skills. Let's teach ourselves something that's going to be beneficial to our role, right? Mm-hmm. But why aren't we encouraging the team to do that? We never have time like this because we're always, quote, unquote, so busy, Right. Yeah. And now the team isn't as busy because like because of what's happening, people have had to put things on pause or hold or whatever. And I hate that. And it's so 
true that we tend to distract ourselves with busyness rather than facing our fears. I've learned this about myself and I still do it too, Janice. Like you were saying, I tend to clean the house or start to do a lot of, I'm like, oh my God, why well, I have to do laundry and I need to clean the house. And do that. <laughs> right? When it's like, well, technically, I mean, who cares? Like that can wait. Right. Absolutely. And then, and then I'm like, oh my God, I just spent the last six hours cleaning. I guess I can't do the things I said I was going to do. Like, I have courses on finances. I have like so many things that I've invested in that I've been putting off. And it's like, well, I, you know, I'm so busy. I, I just have to clean. Well, how you many know? people are doing that right now? Like, if yeah. you are the type of person that complains. My house has never been cleaner. Girl, <laughs> if you're no, the type of person that, that works complains about like not having enough time like you got all the time in the world now boo like what are you waiting for yeah no I think it's that whole concept like all of us are being so distracted with like oh we're just cleaning but it's like (laughs) why don't you clean up your finances Mm. why don't you spend those four or five hours that you did like in the bathroom and the kitchen and the sink and you're you're taking you know taking things out of your drawers and like sit down and really spend time with your finances. That's what I'm saying. That's my point is that instead we're distracting ourselves with like. Boberias. I mean, it's not bullshit, but it's like (laughs) things that you can do at a different time. But it's like right now, if you have the time to spring clean, you have the time to sit and really work through your finances, face those fears. Right. Right. Or sit and really learn that new skill that you've been dying to do or Any other fear, like you said, speaking, if you're really scared to do that, why don't you join or start doing this or start? That's my point is that we are instead cleaning. Mm -hmm. It's just a silly example, but because we don't want to face the the realities of our lives. Right. And the reality. And I know a lot of people, including myself, is like, shit, what if things do hit the fan during this COVID? I don't have an emergency. I don't have that many months of an emergency fund. You know, it's like man, I should really be spending this time looking through my finances like, girl, what is being automatically paid for right now? Like that Hulu <laughs> that I should cut. You know what I mean? Like I should really look through that and be really cognizant of where my money is going right now because it doesn't need to go anywhere but the basic, basic essentials because I'm not doing anything like going anywhere. Well, you know what I think That's is happening too? I think people are forced to confront themselves in a way that they haven't been able to mm-hmm. or they haven't had to because right. they just got all the time in the world to be sitting around and thinking about shit and they just can't handle it so it's just mm-hmm. like let me just go do something so that I'm not sit- sitting here thinking about like what I should be doing because that's yeah. that's scarier that's uncomfortable and we don't mm-hmm. grow from a place of comfort right people don't like being uncomfortable mm-hmm. totally yeah uh, that is so good <laughs> All right, girl. Well, this was an amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Janice, for spending your Sunday with us, dropping some bonds, teaching young girls all about how to really navigate the world of finance, but especially about the world of 401k, because, girl, you are, are you already know. I'm still, like, <laughs> trying to piece all, all of my non-knowledge from the years of nobody teaching me to, like, figuring it out on my own as well. Thank you. It has been an honor and I am just, I'm just honored that you would even, you know, talk to me of all people. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we can just take our financial situations into our own hands if we just decide like we're just not going to be uninformed anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just happy to contribute to the conversation and I thank you guys so much for providing a space that we can even have this conversation. Likewise, yes, with that, absolutely. where can people find you? Um, 
uh, your Instagram, website, blog. Yeah, absolutely. So my um, podcast is Yo Quiero Dinero, and you can find it anywhere where podcasts are available or go to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com and find out more. And my blog is delicialites.com and you can find me on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, all of the above. And yeah, just thank you again. Thank you. Awesome. Y'all need to go follow her. I actually listened to the to the Roth IRA one and I think I need to listen again. I'm like <laughs> cause I was driving, so I'm like, I need to like sit and really like marinate in it and like take the steps to like open up my Roth. For sure. Yeah, and the yo quiero dinero. Instagram stories are a point. <laughs> yeah, they're a <laughs> Thank you, guys. If you don't want to face your financial fears, just follow Yo Quiero Dinero just to be able to laugh yeah. during these crazy La- times. Laugh at your financial fears. Yeah. So we got to laugh, otherwise we cry. So it's fine. <laughs> because uh, we need to... Uh, because you're going to be perreoing sola all weekend long. <laughs> For the next three months. Yes. <laughs> For real. All right, Janice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Take care, Um, ladies.